Hello, and welcome to today's podcast on the six attributes of successful technology leaders, part of KPMG's CIO Advice Worth Keeping series. I'm your host, Steve Bates, and today I'll be joined by Barry Brunsman, a partner and leader of KPMG's IT strategy practice. Welcome, Barry. Good to have you here. Hello, Steve. Very happy to be here. We're going to cover a lot today, and we're going to start with framing this around where we're at in the business model. So we're in this digitally fueled age of the customer, and we're seeing explosive growth in cloud, continued rise in things like business-managed IT spend, and really incredible leaps in data analytics and automation and machine learning. And all of this is serving to change the landscape of where technology resides and who has access and influence over it. Barry, this year in our 2019 Harvey Nash KPMG CIO survey, which is the largest IT leadership survey in the world, there's been a really bright light shined on six key attributes of this next generation of successful technology executives. And what I want to discuss with you today is that in this environment, how are they rewriting the culture of IT? How are they doing it faster, safer, and more cost-effectively than ever before? And so as we go through these six things, I'm really interested in your perspectives on the examples of where you're seeing it work in the market. And I think one of the very first things that we look at that is a change in these leaders is they're really focused on value creation. And I mean that in a way that they're fanatical about creating technology that makes a measurable difference to the top and bottom lines. And I see as you're out there working in strategy every day inside organizations, this is really coming to the forefront of a lot of your conversations. Can you unpack that for us a little bit? I think back about the work I was doing with clients maybe 10 years ago, or even my own time as a CIO a little over 10 years ago, value creation would have been framed differently. It would have been framed around maybe what a board of directors is expecting around, are you spending the money you're expected to spend? Are you managing the risk of the enterprise? And that might have been where the conversation started and stopped. And while that was maybe enough to keep, I think CIOs have always been very impact-focused, that definition of impact is quite limited. Today, I think the story is much more around what are we getting for our investment in technology? What are we doing to change our business? So it's not so much what are you doing, it's more what are you accomplishing, that's what the board is asking. And relatedly, boards are asking, what are we doing to disrupt ourselves because if we are not doing it, somebody else is doing it for us. And that has fundamentally changed the conversation with technology leaders and therefore forced them to really embrace this idea of impact, the impact that they're going to have, the value they're going to create. So it's a shifting because the senior most parts of the organization are now having different expectations of that type of leader and leaders who are successful are embracing that and really making a difference. Are they measuring themselves differently and their organizations differently as a result of that new direction from leadership? The answer is yes. Certainly there's a foundational set of things that are still part of their measurement system and so forth. But now it's it's really much more around, you know, not so much did we get this project done, but did we see the returns that we were expecting in this project? It's not so much even a project conversation as it is, we are enabling business products and business solutions. Are they having the market impact that we expected? What features and functions do we need to be thinking about for those types of solutions? So that idea of developing something that is either enabling the workforce and therefore we need to talk about how to make them more successful or is actually delivering a product and service into the marketplace that 
where we need to understand what those characteristics are and what sort of return we're seeing for that. Those are different conversations than is our ERP project on track, which might have been a central part of the conversation a few years back. Mm. Let's move to the second point is around influence. And we really see these highly successful technology leaders caring less around the kingdom that they're building in their function and much more around the credibility they have built on delivering impacts to the business, everything you just talked about with the value creation. Talk to us a little bit around how you see leaders shaping influence versus uh, control over structure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you hit on it as you were in some of your introductory comments and we can see it throughout results of KPMG Harvey Nash survey. I think what is fundamentally at the core of the difference in IT today, how it's experienced by technology leaders versus IT of a few years ago, is the pace at which people need to move. As you're creating business value, the markets are changing, our customers are changing, our competition is changing. And so that requires a clock speed in technology that is different than how we might have thought about it in the past. And the only way to respond to that clock speed challenge is to think about how am I going to influence others in this agenda and some of the other points that we see and we'll come to in just a moment around collaboration. The point is, the way to be able to move quickly is to be able to influence others to join the party. And I think a lot of other people have joined the party. And I think what we're finding in the survey results is there's higher growth in broader technology executive roles than we've ever seen before. So now we have more chief technology officers, more chief data officers, digital officers, chief experience officers. So there is a lot more tech-enabled, tech-savvy executives at the C-suite than we've ever seen before. And collaboration is core to this successful technology leader, not just the CIO, but all of these technology leaders. What is it that they're doing differently now to collaborate across traditional functional lines and work towards creating value? You bring up a really interesting point about the proliferation of chief and then fill in the blank technology contributors. I worked closely with a client who had a CIO and subsequently replaced the CIO office with five parallel offices. So a CIO, a CTO, chief digital officer, chief CISO, et cetera. And why did that happen? Well, it happened because the agendas in each of those domains was so significant that it required people with the ability to really drive large-scale change around each of those domains. But of course, none of those domains is an island. They all interact with one another. So what they needed to do beyond that was create the way they were going to work together in order to pull that off. Some of it is fairly simple things, but frankly, understanding scope and understanding how people are going to specifically interact on both delivery of solutions and day-to-day operations. So specifying those things and building muscle around those ways of working. But frankly, as as much as anything, it is about the type of people that are in those roles, finding the right sort of leaders that can be in that space and feel like they are successful by virtue of the fact that this combined team is successful. So it's as much about the talent management model as it is about the organization model, finding the right talent put in the organization structure is more important than structuring the organization when you're trying to create an area of collaboration where influence is the way that things get done. And all these technology leaders long have distinguished themselves as technology experts, and that's been part of the value that they brought to the organization is because that knowledge was somewhat locked within the four walls of their function. But I think that increasingly what we're seeing from the survey is it's very important to still have technology expertise, 
but you also have to have an advisory capacity on top of that. You have to be able to articulate the possibility of what the technology solution could be. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I think that last bit is really a fundamental ingredient to doing the things we had just been discussing around influencing and creating an environment of collaboration because you've got to be able to bring people in. And to do that, you have to have the proper set of insights, but the right way of engaging people in those discussions and and getting them excited about the agenda. So there's definitely a piece to this that is that. I think also the notion of technology expertise is a tricky one because on one hand, people aren't talking about the technologies. On the other hand, what you need to understand about technologies is far more abstract than what people might have needed to think about in the past. I'll give you an example. In the past, if a relatively non-technical IT leader could talk about processes and improvements and configuration of solutions, they probably were covering the technology discussion sufficiently. But today, you need to be able to understand aspects of architecture. You need to understand data. You need to understand emerging technologies that are changing all of the time to actually even be in the conversation. So while technology expertise has been maybe an important part of the job for a long time, the depth of that expertise, or maybe I just say the type of topic that people need to be comfortable with is far more subtle or more into the technical layer or at the architecture level than it is at the process or application level. Almost all of us can spend time talking at the process or application level to deeper technologists who can relate at an architecture level, which is really what is required today. And I think we see so many of those roles being rewritten, not just at the executive level, but you brought up architecture as a great example of what architecture meant five years ago and the expertise you would have brought to that role as an architect is almost completely different today. And both the breadth and the depth that you have to have to be an effective architect and then to advise others on it in a way that's accessible to the business, I think is a huge advantage in today's technology leaders. So let's look at number five. It's around uncertainty. It's around, frankly, dealing with it really well. And with everything else you outlined, the speed of change, the different ways of working, the presence of ubiquity of technology across multiple platforms, rarely is anything 100% certain anymore. And rarely can we live with a set of requirements and then deliver them six months, a year later, and things will have been the same. How are technology leaders that are being successful today positioning both themselves and their teams to deal with embracing ambiguity? I think that what's happened here is the metaphor is getting maybe a little bit long in the tooth, but we think about this as being the shift from straight line speed to turning speed. So in the past, we would say we see this end state. It's a year from now. I'm going to run to that as quickly and as effectively as I can. Now the point is I can't see that far. I need to be able to adapt. I need to be able to change course. I need to be able to adjust as I go along. And we used to think about that as being an operational contribution that, listen, I don't really know what's going to happen in operations today. I just know that I'm going to do a bunch of things to make sure that we react to anything that I need to be able to react to. And I'm going to make the investment. So I feel like I'm on solid operational foundation. That operational mindset, I think, has invaded the rest of IT. We see it in the marrying of application development with operations and DevOps. The idea is, how do I find ways of working that allow me to respond quickly to changes? Because what all I can really say is that things are going to change, and they're going to change relatively quickly. I think a lot of the you know, sort of wide acceptance of agile and DevOps ways of working is in part around the idea that the highest value-creating contribution or, or attribute of my organization is its agility. As soon as people get in that mode and they get confident with their team's ability to adjust, then they start to become confident that they can handle uncertainty. 
Well, and all of those roads that you just talked about lead to one thing, right? And we call that the operating model. And I think high-performing leaders across the board are recognizing that there is a major shift needed to deliver these business results in their operating model. And one of the phrases that you and I have kicked around before is that we think the technical debt of tomorrow is actually an organization's IT operating model, not the legacy platforms and systems. How do you think that uh, IT leaders should start in reimagining their operating model? I think that what has most changed about the operating model is that there is a choice to be taken in the operating model, and that choice gets revisited every day. And that choice is what aspects of what I am doing need to be in support of the organization's digital agenda. Because in a real sense, that is a new way of delivering solutions in a new method, and it is parallel to how other parts of the IT organization are delivering different types of solutions. The point is that digital scope is constantly changing, and as a result, the operating model constantly changes. And technology leaders have to embrace that. They most fundamentally have to recognize that the only thing that is stable about the operating model of the future is the fact that it is constantly changing. So you manage that change by understanding there are parts of the operating model that hold it together, governance, talent, that are actually the glue that holds the way you're delivering solutions and services together. And so the focus of the operating model is I need to allow my scope of products and services to change, but I have to maintain control of the overall picture. So I have to do that with parts of the operating model that might have been less important five years ago. So successful technology leaders are recognizing that I am going to change the scope of my digital delivery perpetually. I need to be able to do that in a way that doesn't create chaos. So the parts of the organization that help me change the scope of digital delivery and manage that as part of a well-executed overall IT operating model are where people focus. So architecture, security, application delivery, particularly through the Agile DevOps model, these are the things that hold it together, and that's where people spend their time. So those are great insights and actions for technology leaders to consider as they are embracing digital transformation. And I think so many of these findings, you can go into depth on what leaders around the world are doing in the Harvey Nash KPMG 2019 CIO survey. If you really want to understand how digital leaders are outpacing their competitors and delivering real business results, real value, and applying the lessons that you heard Barry talking about today, please check out the report on kpmg.com. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast, and we look forward to you joining us again for KPMG CIO Advice Worth Keeping series. Thanks so much.